1: Is it news when a 92-year-old man retires? It shouldn't be, probably. But when that man is Rupert Murdoch, it is. The mastermind behind a conservative media juggernaut did not announce he was retiring with a splashy interview or an op-ed. But Nicole Hemmer, a historian of conservative media, says that does not mean Murdoch went quietly. Can we talk about the letter Rupert Murdoch sent out? Mm, <laughs> we sure can. <laughs> this letter was just a page long sent out to Murdoch's staff. Most of it was the usual, I'm proud of what we've done here stuff. Then it got into the battle for freedom of speech and freedom of thought. He wasn't content to simply say like, it's been a good run and I'm handing the keys over to my son, Lachlan.
0: Content is not a word that we normally associate with Rupert Murdoch for good reason. I mean, he took it as an opportunity, since he knew that the world would be watching when this news broke, to take a swipe at the elites who run media.
1: Isn't he an elite who runs media?
0: Yes, it's it's pretty rich. Um, coming from a, a billionaire who owns media conglomerates in the UK, Australia, and the United States.
1: Nikki says, Murdoch is leaving all this behind at a weird time. Or maybe it's a moment that makes complete sense. Fox News is embroiled in litigation that alleges the network lied about the 2020 election. It is costing the company millions. And while Fox has historically been seen as a cradle of conservatism, it
0: is now fighting to keep its viewers. So this is a a time when Fox News is, you know, kind of, kind of, down, um, and it's unclear what direction it's going to go. And now you have the biggest shakeup of all in the uh, in the network's history.
1: Okay, so Lachlan Murdoch is in charge now. Does that
0: mean things are settled inside Fox News? I think it's always. Difficult When you've had a corporation that has been led for so long by one person to seamlessly transition that to the control of someone else, it won't be settled until Lachlan becomes as deeply associated with Fox News as Rupert Murdoch has been. Today
1: on the show, how Rupert Murdoch became Rupert Murdoch. And how is this whole succession plan going to work? I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Could you give me a sense of the scope and scale of Rupert Murdoch's career? Like, start at the beginning, if you could. He's Australian.
0: He's Australian and when he started out he started out as a newspaper guy. He owned a newspaper and then he owned a couple more newspapers. He inherited the first one from his dad, right? He did. So it was it was the family business. But you know, it was a small scale business under his father. Rupert Murdoch came into the business with much bigger plans. He wanted more newspapers. He wanted more than newspapers. He wanted he wanted radio. He wanted broadcasting. He wanted to move into television. And that's what he began to do first in Australia um, and then uh, hopping all the way back to the um, sort of metropole to the UK. Because he went to Oxford. So that was a familiar space for him. It, it was um, and was kind of where he came to understand the uh, British media landscape. He had some tabloids there. He figured out how to capture people's attention in the UK, um, mostly with his, I think it's the Page Three Girls. Hmm. He would put sort of nudie pics inside the tabloids, um, which ensured that they had high circulation. But again, like building out a a broader empire within media. Um, He didn't just want to be rich. He wanted these kind of conglomerates. And then ultimately, he hops the pond again to the United States and uh, starts to build Fox broadcasting, uh, which included Fox News. I think it's worth
1: pausing on what he did in the UK, because it was really a template in some ways, where he seemed to be using the tabloids to get people elected who would help him expand his power,
0: right? This is so important because, you know, my first instinct was to talk to you about the tabloids and um, the pictures of breasts on page three. But that idea of capturing people's attention, entertaining them, titillating them, and marrying that to politics was a pretty important if not an innovation, something that Rupert Murdoch perfected in the U.K. before bringing it to the United States in order to have this larger political effect. It marked his work in Australia, it marked his work in the U.K., um, and it would also mark his his work in the United States. In
1: 1996, Murdoch announced he was starting Fox News.
0: Uh, the starting of a Fox News channel and a much greater effort on the buildup of Fox News Uh, Why did he want to do that? Well, for a couple of reasons. One, he wanted to expand his footprint in the United States media market. He had made a play to try to buy CNN from Ted Turner. CNN at the time was the only 24-hour news network on cable. Um, It had been around since 1980. He wanted a piece of it. Ted Turner refused to sell it, and that made Rupert Murdoch very mad. (laughs) So he decided that he was going to create a competitor to CNN and it was kind of in the air that there was room for competitors for CNN, because at the same time that Fox News ends up launching in 1996, MSNBC launches as well. So you have these two upstart competitors. But I think tellingly, it really was Fox News that had its political identity at its core when it launched in 1996. So people like Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity were already in place. Few broadcasts take any chances these days and most are very politically correct. Well, we're going to try to be different. Welcome to Hannity and Combs on the Fox News Channel. I'm Sean Hannity. Each weeknight at 9 p.m. Eastern, Alan and I will bring you an intelligent and passionate discussion. And that idea that this was going to be the right wing response to CNN and liberal media bias was something already at the heart of the project when Rupert Murdoch and Roger Ailes launched Fox News in 96.
1: When was it clear that Fox News was having the kind of impact that it does and did? And I ask that because, you know, in Slate, when our writer here, Justin Peters, wrote about what happened with Murdoch, one of the things he said was, you know, basically, it's, its influence is far bigger than its ratings. So when was it clear what the influence was?
0: That is absolutely true, by the way. Its influence is much, much bigger than its ratings. And that became clear during the Bush administration. Um, So in the 2000s, particularly after the terror attacks on 9-11, Fox News zooms ahead of both MSNBC and CNN, and it becomes this power player. But it's not just a power player because its ratings are going up. Roger Ailes, um, Rupert Murdoch, and the people who are on Fox News have close ties to the Bush White House. Tony Snow, who would become the press secretary for the Bush administration, came from Fox News. In fact, it's during the 2000s that you begin to get a sense that there is not just coordination between Fox News and the Bush White House, but that Republican politics are being incubated on Fox News and Republican politicians what you begin to see with Fox is a revolving door um so people like Mike Huckabee will have a show on Fox News and then they will run for president and then they'll come back to Fox News um uh, you know somebody will f- will have a big moment on the political scene like Sarah Palin in 2008 and then will be given a Fox News show there is this this sense that there has become kind of a merger. And this happens in CNN and MSNBC, too, right? Jen Psaki has a show. <laughs> yes, Jen Psaki has a show. And nobody was surprised. You know, now we take it as a given. But it was really being um, tested out and pioneered over at Fox. How did Donald Trump change things for
1: Fox and for Murdoch himself? Like, I've seen this reporting that in the months before he announced his candidacy, Ivanka Trump just called Murdoch up and scheduled a lunch between her father and him, like basically laying the groundwork for the campaign.
0: That's such a telling moment, isn't it? That somebody who was planning to run for president as a Republican knew that one of their first stops needed to be Rupert Murdoch. Um, And yet, I think that what, what Donald Trump showed was that there there were forces out there more powerful than uh, Rupert Murdoch and Fox News. What do you mean by that? One of the things that happens with um, the Trump campaign, there's this very memorable moment in, I think, the first Republican presidential primary debate where Megyn Kelly asks a question that Donald Trump doesn't like, a little feud um, begins.
1: What I say is what I say. And honestly, Megan, if you don't like it, I'm sorry. I've been very nice to you, although I could probably maybe not be based on...
0: And it appears that many on the right took Donald Trump's side. Um, One of the things that media analysts have shown is that in the months after this spat, people on the right stopped turning to Fox News as an authority. They leaned more on media outlets like Breitbart. And ultimately, that rift is healed. Murdoch make sure that that rift is healed between Megyn Kelly and Donald Trump. But it's it sets up this dynamic that would define the Trump era of Trump, you know, lauding Fox News when it supported him. And anytime someone at Fox News stepped out of line, um, you would see Donald Trump shouting at Fox News, bullying Fox News, promoting alternatives like Newsmax and OAN. Um, and you had the sense that the, the, the tables had turned, um, that now there was somebody out there who wasn't being made by Fox News, um, but had the ability to damage Fox if Fox didn't fall in line.
1: It's a little like Rupert Murdoch may have expected that with Donald Trump, he had a controlled burn on his hands, but actually <laughs> it was a
0: wildfire. It absolutely was. And that idea that Murdoch thought that he could control things – this kind of sense that you know these are the rubes and we're going to give them what they want and they're going to give us their votes and they're going to give us their eyeballs and they're going to give us our ratings. I think is right um, that Murdoch was used to being in control um, and wanted to set some boundaries on Donald Trump um, that he couldn't set. And there had been there had been moments in the past where you had seen Murdoch overestimate his ability to control the Republican base. And one that stands out in particular is in 2013 when Marco Rubio was working to pass an immigration reform bill. Rubio met with Rupert Murdoch and asked him and some of the the anchors on Fox News to go a little easy on them, not to attack the bill, not to call it amnesty, and for a few weeks you had anchors on Fox like Sean Hannity try to run cover for um, immigration reform. places what we have right now. How, how's that good for us? Why don't we start at the beginning, and walk through what a registered yeah. provision immigrant is? In yeah, other sure. words, what would... Ha- if, if this bill passes, the backlash from the audience was so intense that they abandoned that project within a month. Wow. Um, and it was one of those signs that, you know, Murdoch might not be in control of this.
1: Murdoch is stepping down at this very specific point in the history of Fox News. I think a lot of moguls, if we saw them retiring right after settling this lawsuit for $787 million, right after, you know, having to let go one of their major anchors, would see it as them leaving with their tail between their legs. But I don't get the sense that anyone's putting it that way with Rupert Murdoch.
0: They're not, and I think in part it's because there are is this kind of confluence of forces, right? That that he is older, that it's still a part of the family, right? That it's he's handing the um, network over to Lachlan Murdoch, um, but also it is the image that Murdoch projects. I think that's something that he has been very competent at. And not surprising, given that he is a is a is a media mogul. He's he's very good at media management and image management, and I I don't know that people fully appreciate the tenuousness of Fox News' situation. Yes, there have been these settlements. Um, Yes, they have lost Tucker Carlson. But also, you know, they're losing viewers. Um, Cable news is at a kind of critical moment, um, just in general, as people leave cable, as their audiences continue to age. The depth of skepticism on the right about Fox News, I I still don't think people outside of right-wing circles fully appreciate how disillusioned and even angry many on the right are towards Fox. And I think if we fully appreciated that bigger picture, there might be a little more um, disgrace attached to Rupert Murdoch's retirement. After the break,
1: what does the future look like for Fox News? The future of America is in your hands.
0: This is not a movie trailer, and it's not a political ad, but it is a call to action. I'm Mila Atmos, and I'm passionate about unlocking the power of everyday citizens. On our podcast, Future Hindsight, we take big ideas about civic life and democracy and turn them into action items for you and me. Every Thursday, we talk to bold activists and civic innovators to help you understand
1: your power and your power to change the status quo. Find us at
0: futurehindsight.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Lachlan Murdoch is now the sole chief executive of Fox and News Corp. For Succession fans, Lachlan is the eldest boy. (laughs) But this wasn't always the obvious outcome here. Can we just talk about the real-life succession battle that's been playing
0: out for years now? This has been going on for a very long time. In part, again, Rupert Murdoch is now 92. People have been talking about the possibility of his retirement and handing over the company for at least the last... 15, maybe even 20 years. And having two, Rupert Murdoch has more than two sons. Um, he also has daughters. But this story has long boiled down to two of his sons, Lachlan Murdoch and James Murdoch. And for a while, it really did seem like he was going back and forth between the two. Um, James Murdoch had a little more experience, Lachlan Murdoch seemed hungrier. And Lachlan Murdoch, like, you know, maybe 15 years ago, um, kind of just steps aside. He decides to drop out of media. He moves to Sydney, Australia. He begins to run a business there. He seems to have given up on inheriting the company at any point in time. And then he comes back. And when he comes back, the succession stories start up again, and they get particularly heated as Donald Trump appears on the scene. Um, Because James Murdoch, who's more. Sort of the more moderate, middle of the road Murdoch um, James seems kind of embarrassed by Fox News. Um, he he doesn't seem to want it. He does certainly doesn't seem to want to continue in the right wing tradition that Fox News had been had been part of. Whereas Lachlan is a true believer. Lachlan is buddies with Tucker Carlson. Um, He's somebody who buys into election conspiracies, um, who really does believe in right-wing politics and enjoys the game of right-wing politics. And I think that as that has shaken out between the two brothers. It became more and more evident that Lachlan was likely to be the successor to um, to Rupert Murdoch, and that had kind of been cemented of a few years ago when he became second in command um, over at Fox News.
1: Yeah, Lachlan's just an interesting character. Like, there's reporting that when he was in Australia, one of the company's papers wrote an editorial supporting gay marriage, and he literally showed up to complain about it, which is a lot. That just shows, like, how much he is involved in thinking about the guts of the work that the company does. And how much he cares about the politics, right? Yeah, totally. Totally. He was supposed to manage Tucker Carlson when he was second in command, right? And that just seems like he did not do that as far as I
0: can tell, you know? He, he didn't do it. And it is uh, reportedly a source of tension between Lachlan and Rupert. But I think as important as the fact that he didn't rein Tucker Carlson in is why he doesn't rein him in. He doesn't rein him in because he doesn't disagree with him. For Rupert Murdoch, that was a real problem. Also, again, that that loss of credibility. Um, again, however, however thin the veneer um, that this was a journalistic outlet.
1: Given that Fox is at this place where some viewers have abandoned it for more conservative outlets, and even Trump has been criticizing Fox News uh, on the campaign trail, do you think Lachlan is going to make a? change here maybe try to get those viewers back
0: it it seems so likely I mean the confluence of both that criticism mounting against Fox News and Lachlan's own politics right again that that this is what he actually believes um makes it so likely that they just turn further right. He he doesn't seem to feel constrained in the same way that Rupert Murdoch did. To the extent that Fox News had some constraints on it in the Rupert era, it doesn't seem likely to have that in the Lachlan era. And Lachlan also seems to have his finger on the pulse of where the right is going a little bit better than Rupert did. You've said a couple of times how
1: This is a changing moment for the cable news industry and also for Fox News in particular. I'm just sort of wondering, do you think it's even possible for Lachlan Murdoch to build something akin to what his father did in this new media landscape? Or is he just ushering this giant property into some
0: kind of new phase, maybe even a smaller phase? Right. Is he managing decline? Um, It's it is a. A moment in media where everything is in flux. we We talk about this all the time when we talk about print newspapers or print magazines. We've paid a little less attention to the story of cable news, um especially because the Trump administration injected this this period of, uh, Um, sugar high ratings into cable news as people couldn't stop watching over the course of the Trump administration and the insurrection and the pandemic. Um, But those numbers have deflated pretty dramatically. And it shouldn't come as a surprise. I mean, people are leaving cable, they're moving to streaming, streaming companies now are having difficulty making profits. And it's just not clear what a profitable media model is going to look like 10, 15 years from now. And if Lachlan is a kind of media innovator who can develop a conglomerate out of these new media um, delivery processes um, and out of these new technologies, then he could create something maybe not as big as what his father did, but could create something impressive and be responsible for a big uh, turn in Fox News. Uh, it's hard to imagine what that looks like. And it's not entirely clear that Lachlan has kind of the the savvy and the knowledge in order to make that happen.
1: For those conservatives who have turned away from Fox News, I'm curious what their reaction has been to the news that Rupert Murdoch is... Letting go of the reins here.
0: This is something that I've been really tuned into as well because. There has been, especially over the past year or so, a turn in right-wing media that isn't affiliated with Fox News to kind of dancing on Fox's grave and trying to trying to drive a wedge between their audience and Fox News. And I was listening to The Glenn Beck Show. Um, he has a radio and, and television show and this whole media corporation, The Blaze, um, to see how he would respond when news broke of Rupert Murdoch's retirement. And... Dancing on the grave might be the best way to put it.
1: Well, the world's about to change yet again. Rupert Murdoch has just resigned uh, at the head of News Corp, giving it to his son, who just loves conservatives. (laughs) Nothing's going to change it all. Don't worry about that. Glad I'm
0: out. I think it is going to be one of those moments where right wing media outlets who have been trying to... You know, cannibalize some of Fox News' audience to see the giant fall um, are going to be taking advantage of it to say, well, the era of Rupert Murdoch's Fox News is over. Come find a different way of getting your right wing media.
1: When you click on Fox News this week, are you expecting it to look or sound different?
0: Not this week. Uh, I think that it's going to sound pretty much the same. It's a well-oiled machine. It's already gone through so much turmoil and change um, in terms of its lineup, um, in terms of its direction, um, in terms of its funds over the last year. That I think the first instinct is going to be just like, let's see what we have. Let's steady the ship and then determine where we want to steer it next um you know we're coming into an election year there's going to be lots already happening um but i you know check back in a year or so and let's see if it has made this uh what i suspect will be an even further right pivot uh, under Lachlan.
1: nikki i'm super grateful for your time and for your research thanks for coming on the show Thank you so much for having me. It was great to see you again. Nicole Hemmer is an associate professor of history at Vanderbilt University. She is also the author of Partisans, the conservative revolutionaries who remade American politics in the 1990s. And that's our show. If you're a fan of what we're doing here at What Next, the best way to support our work is to join Slate Plus. Go on over to slate.com slash whatnextplus to sign up. What Next is produced by Elena Schwartz, Rob Gunther, Anna Phillips, Paige Osborne, and Madeline Ducharme. We are led by Alicia Montgomery, with a little help from Susan Matthews. Ben Richmond is the Senior Director of Podcast Operations here at Slate. And I'm Mary Harris. I'll catch you back here a little later.